Welcome to Matilia is Confused. This is Matilia, aka M Diesel, and I haven't done a solo episode in uh, a little over a week. Last week, uh, I had a guest for the first time in a while. I'm going to start having guests uh, again, uh, at least more uh, often than I have in the last year or so. I kind of got into a, a fucking groove with the solo episodes, and I'm going to still keep doing them, but I'm going to start having guests more frequently and probably hopefully start doing more than one episode a week again um i guess we can start with what's going on in the world um now that donald trump's gone kind of opens us up to talk about more shit uh uh the pandemic's still fucking going on obviously and talk about that plenty moving forward and there will be politics still swirling on as a topic in general as shit comes up that is interesting uh, that is of interest or funny and fucked up and confusing or whatever but um but yeah i'm finding myself less and less deeply disturbed by the news every single day just a little bit less like the edge has been taken off the news is still fucking terrible don't get me wrong the news in the world is still terrible and maximally confusing and almost always exactly backwards from the way it seems like it should be. But the edge, the little like finger in the eye, uh, uh, the, the cherry on top that sets us all over the edge and makes us fucking mad. Mad as in crazy, not angry. Though I'm sure uh, as, as uh, if I'm... A good example of uh, how a person feels, has felt over the last few years. Mad has been a part of it as well. Um, but I guess I guess just like general world topics, I'm going to start with the GameStop thing. And here's what I'm going to do about the GameStop thing. I can read a hundred more articles about it. There's just something about the stock market and like hedge fund... Uh, the ways they operate that I'm just like, I'm a fucking idiot about it. Like, I just can't, I can't get it. I can't. I'm just like, oh, oh, what though? At the end, I'll read a full, comprehensive, well-written, clear article. And at the end, I'll just be like, what though? So that's my that's my coverage of the GameStop controversy. Just fucking what though? I'm an idiot about that, and it's okay to be an idiot about that. It's okay to be an idiot about things when you can just say, "I am an idiot about that." I feel like people have a harder time. People like to have uh, a take on things and they like to feel like they know about the shit that's going on. But sometimes not everybody can not everybody can't know about every single thing. 
Everybody can't have a mind for every single possible thing. So sometimes you got to look and assess and say, what though? And be, and just admit that you're a fucking idiot about it and let other people talk about it and have their takes and just be like, what though about it? And then something else comes up and you can be a fucking expert on that and have a take on that. But every once in a while, you got to be honest with yourself. It's part of be. it sounds backwards, but it's part of being smart. Part of being smart is to be able to say, what though? I'm an idiot about that. And just remove yourself from the, the, the fucking nonstop barrage of people with takes on it. Uh, so I'm an idiot about that. So if you need shit about that, you got to go elsewhere. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Also, um, I don't, I actually don't know why I just thought about this, but I, I, this last week, as some of you, or hopefully all of you know, uh, Denzel Washington is the best actor ever. Full stop. It's not close. The thing about Denzel, though, is that he's always in shitty movies, but not the kind of shitty movie that, like, Nicolas Cage is in. He's not in, like, actual trash that goes totally under every, over everyone's head and then suddenly is just, like, on Netflix. And you're like, I've never heard of this. Why is Nicolas Cage in this? And then you look and it came out, like, two years ago. And you're, like, just straight up never heard of it. Nicolas Cage is in like 30 of those movies. So is John Travolta. Uh, these are all greats. Don't get me wrong. But De- a Denzel bad movie will still be like a big thing. Because he he never became a joke, first of all. Even a little bit. So even when Denzel does piece of shit after piece of shit after just endless pieces of shit, you're still like, he's the fucking best. And... That'll never not be the case. Like I, I saw the fucking the equalizer back when movies movie theaters were a thing. Uh back when movie theaters were still a thing. Um, I saw the equalizer and they made a sequel to that, which I shamefully haven't seen. That's so regret that's so bad. Um I gotta watch that ASAP. But I saw the first one in the theater with my friends. Um just got sad because I remembered I saw it with a friend who now uh, believes in QAnon. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I saw opening day. Like I was just like, I'm, I'm number one on the Denzel fan fucking chart. So I'll see anything. I never expect the movie to be good. Okay. He's been in good movies. He's been in actually plenty of good movies, but I would say like the last 10 years, he kind of has been in just an endless stream of shitty stuff. Now, he's got a cool thing on the horizon. He was actually in Macbeth, directed by uh, uh, either Joel or Ethan Coen, the Coen brothers for the first time in ever, I think. Uh, Just one brother has made a movie this time. Obviously, there was no script to write because Macbeth is already written, but they got fucking Denzel to play Macbeth, which is the, the single most exciting thing that anyone's ever even uttered let alone actually put out into the world. But we should be getting that soon. But in the meantime, we got the little things. I just want to talk about the little things for a little bit, okay? Um, 
it is so fucking bad. It's stunningly bad. It's the kind of movie that like three quarters in, you're just like, not only who gives a fuck, but who could give a fuck? Now, I'm not going to engage in like spoilers or whatever. You don't even need to know what's going on anyway for me to, 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 me to put forth my ideas about the movie. I'm not going to ruin it for you. So if you're one of those people, by the way, fuck people who are like spoiler alert or like plug their ears or like, don't tell me. D- fucking whatever. If you wanted to know the thing that bad, you should have seen it before you could have heard about it. That can't be like off limits. Um, plus also, I, sometimes I, 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 I wouldn't say I prefer to know the end of the thing before I see it or like the, the twist or the hook or whatever, but I, it doesn't bother me like at all. Unless it's like the usual suspects or the sixth sense where there's like one single thing that enjoyment of the movie entirely hinges on. But in general, fuck spoiler alerts, you know? If I don't want to know the ending to a fucking movie, I, I, if I don't want someone to tell me the ending of the movie before I see the movie, guess what I do? I see the movie. Um, but yeah, so the little things is so bad and it's so long. Why are movies so fucking long now? I think I understood maybe a couple years ago why they were so long. And I think the reason was going to a movie became more and more expensive. It became more of like a night out instead of just like a, th- uh, a, a, a thing to do. It became like an event, kind of like a sporting event. And so it became so expensive as well as everything else. Concessions, everything went up as like people started seeing movies less. So everything had to become more expensive for money to still come in for the capitalist model to continue to work. Movies got more and more expensive. And to get people to come, I'm convinced that movies that were short, people started to feel like they they got shorted. Like I didn't get enough for this 80-minute movie, 90-minute movie. But that's obviously ideal. Because the longer a movie is, the more likely it is to be boring. Now, obviously, there are long movies that are great. Some of the greatest movies ever are very long. But just like, I remember the fucking Karate Kid reboot with um, Jaden Smith came out. It was fucking like two and a half hours. No. Fucking absolutely not. Speaking of Karate Kid, hey, everyone, stop telling me how good Cobra Kai is. You're all fucking infants. Just like fucking wallowing in memories of, of a more innocent time, like remembering what Karate Kid was, interacting with those memories in some like reboot TV show. I'm not going to watch it because guess what? It's not good. I don't care how many people tell me it's good. It's not good. It's the Karate Kid, full stop. Um, but I'm not talking about the Karate Kid. I'm talking about the little things. So the little things is terrible, but Denzel Washington, every single second he's on camera, 
is the best acting I've ever seen in my life. And that's not new. That's true of every movie he's ever been in. Every single time he's on camera, it's a new discovery, a new top ranking best acting moment in cinema history. That sounds hyperbolic. That sounds crazy, but it's just true. He's the best. And every time it cuts to him, there is an increase. There, there's a, there's a, the, the gap is widening, right? And it's, this is a brand new best acting moment in the history of cinema. Now, the other people in the movie, the movie itself is dead. It's just like there, it has a dead soul. It's cashing in on the most tired tropes. It's celebrating the shittiest kind of police work ever. It's, it's celebrating fucking cops who we all ostensibly hate, which is obviously not true. People fucking love cops. Every fucking show that's a hit is a cop show. So many movies like this are about cops. And they're always the fucking hero. Anyway, the theme and how it ends is like its own fucking problem. And the movie's terrible. Whatever. If you want to see it, see it. But the other main actors in it, who are Rami Malek and uh, Jared Leto, I mean, the cast is big. It's not just those three actors, but they're the three main parts of the cast. And the only, like, the only, they're, they're, I'm, I don't want to really get into this part, but there are really, like, no women in it besides women who are just either murdered or survive murder. And there's one other female character who is a cop who, in the, throughout the course of the movie, fucks up so bad. And that's her, like her key part in the movie. Like a key moment in the movie, she fucks up. So. Uh, it's, just, it's just tired. The whole formula of it is tired. But yeah, Denzel is the greatest actor of all time. And every moment he's on camera, he's doing the greatest acting of all time. The other actors in it, the two other main actors in it are Rami Malek and Jared Leto. Jared Leto is a hilarious person in the world. Uh, just like that he exists and is like that is funny. No matter what you think of him, whether you like him or hate him, that is a funny thing to exist in the world. He's like made by a computer, you know? He seems like the most vain guy ever. Uh, but who knows? Maybe he's not. I don't know. Uh, and he's I think he's usually very bad. He's actually okay in this. He's doing like a weird thing with his body. But by the end, you realize, oh, right, he's terrible. So full disclosure of his acting abilities is on display the full range which is shit um however there's like a uh an arc to that because he starts out and you're like huh that's kind of interesting what he's doing and then by the end you're like oh right that's jared leto terrible actor but that's not the worst part the worst part is rami malik and I don't, I actually don't love to talk direct shit about people who are living now and working now. But in this case, I don't feel that bad because he just won a fucking Oscar. He's, he's fine no matter what. So let's have fun with Rami Malek. He doesn't open his mouth. 
And to be an actor, you need to open your mouth so that the words that you say that are in the script that communicate to the audience what is happening in the script are understood. So the one of the main things you have to do as an actor is open your mouth when you're trying to say words. It's like Vin Diesel. He also shouldn't be an actor. Because when he talks, his tongue blocks all of the words that come out. And so someone like that shouldn't be in movies. They can do whatever they want. I wouldn't say like there should be a law that they're not in movies, but they just shouldn't be cast in movies because actors, again, you need to know the words they're saying. Rami Malek doesn't open his fucking mouth and I'm pissed. The whole movie. He's like, so open your mouth. And then it cuts to Denzel, and it's just like the greatest acting ever. He's like, lip is hanging a little low while he's listening to somebody. And you're just like, oh my fucking God, that's the best shit I've ever seen. Uh, So my, um, this is where I'm going with this. My suggestion to anyone who ever makes a movie with Denzel Washington. Great. You've literally hit the movie director lottery. You have the best actor ever to fucking exist in the world ever the most entertaining human being on camera in the world ever you've hit the fucking jackpot now here's where all these directors fuck up they cut away from denzel washington and now you might say well matt for a movie to make sense you can't just show one person the whole movie to which i would say fair enough but that is to make a good movie you have to do that to make a good movie it is highly it is in your interest as a director to show more than one person's face especially if it's any kind of sprawling or uncontained or there are many characters It goes without saying that to be good, you would show other things. At the very least, what that person is seeing as he interacts with the world, right? Ideally, other things, other people, other people's reactions to what that main character is saying, whatever. There's hundreds of reasons why in movies there are always shots of things that are beyond just the protagonist's face, right? I agree. You agree. We all agree. Everyone would agree. However... By now, you can basically say if Denzel is going to be in a movie, it's going to be bad already. Not because of him. Nothing to do with him. Absolute opposite of to do with him. But something about the manner in which he chooses projects is a fucking abysmal. And I thought, you know... Little detour. I always assumed that was because he's he he just is like I'm gonna get a payday. Like like Nicholas Cage. That is the reason why he does these pieces of shit that we never hear about so often. And every once in a while he'll do something like Mandy that catches fire, and people are like that's fucking sick. But generally now he does these pieces of shit movies. It's because he's getting fucking paid. 
So I just assume that's what Denzel's doing, just with a little bit more of like an air of prestige around it, you know? Like Denzel's not in fucking feudal Japan with a sword, you know? Nicolas Cage, however, is. But I just assumed it was a payday thing. Then I read about the Equalizer. That was a fucking passion project for Denzel. So something about old Denzel is that he's so bad at picking projects. Might have something to do with Tony Scott not being around anymore. I don't know. Who knows? Doesn't mean he's not the greatest actor. Those things don't go perfectly together, but they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. You can be the best actor ever to exist in the entire universe while also having bad taste. So maybe he has bad taste. I don't know. A lot of people have bad taste. Who cares? It's just true. But, so if the movie's going to be bad already, which you know because Denzel has signed on to do it, make it as good as you can make it. And the way to do that is to only ever, ever show Denzel's face. Literally never cut away. I don't give a fuck if Rami Malek's in it. I don't give a fuck if Daniel Day-Lewis is in it. Maybe I would if he's in it, but that's not going to happen. They're never going to do a movie together. If it's fucking Rami Malek, you sure as fuck don't have to show me Rami Malek's face. It's already going to be a piece of shit. Never, ever, ever cut away from Denzel. And I don't want only close-ups. You can cut wider so we can see his whole body because body acting is sort of fucking, I don't want to say dead, but it's not as much of a thing as it used to be in movies. Movies generally used to have wider shots. Especially the further back you go, close-ups were sparse and most shots were just people standing in a room and you'd see their whole bodies. As movies got more and more sort of well, certainly more popular, more widespread, but also more technologically advanced. You could do more things. Lights were easier to move around. Cameras were way less clunky and complicated, or way more clunky and complicated back then. So cameras moved in. They got cut up more. You stopped seeing actors' bodies. So actors stopped using them, or at least we stopped seeing them being used by actors, let's say. Denzel is a master body actor, which is to say nothing of his face acting, which is tippy top of the fucking everything ever, of ever. So we can cut out wide for Denzel too. We only should be looking at Denzel Washington though. Never. It doesn't matter if he's shooting a gun. It doesn't matter if he's interrogating someone because he's doing both of those things in every movie he's in. It doesn't matter if he's like breaking someone's leg with a super chill straight face none of that matters what does matter is you only show fucking denzel the king of the world of acting in the history of the world washington no bullshit anything i would ever write doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter what fucking gender they are. Doesn't matter what race they are. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Doesn't matter what age they are. I want Denzel Washington to play that role. The biggest role in the movie, whatever it is, is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I can't recommend the little things. However, 
if you see the light like I do and understand what's up, you just should watch it, regardless of what I say, because Denzel's in it. Um, what else do I got? Uh, coming up on halfway mark, I'm going to take a break in a minute. I guess before I go, one quick thing. Just like, I don't think this applies to everybody, but um, stop. Whoever does this needs to stop. And what you need to stop is saying idea. Stop, in, instead of saying idea, stop adding an R. There is no R. Get, don't go getting any ideas about, hey, no. It's idea. Will you, why are you adding a fucking R? Or any letter, for that matter. That's, that's not helpful to anyone. You're, it's minuscule, but you're adding time. To the, to the thing you're saying, which is never really good in general. You're also possibly saying something that someone doesn't understand. You're saying idea. That's not a, it's not a word. And it, there, the R doesn't go there. It doesn't sound like it should go there. Particularly. Do you say Ikea when you're talking about the Swedish furniture store? Do you, the, the car Kia, do you say Kia? Maybe you do, but I don't think you do. And if you do, stop. Save the breath. Stop putting an R in there. Don't go getting any idea. Just put an X in there. Fuck it. Listen. I had... A great idea. This is unacceptable and we all know it. I have a, if I, if every time I said the word idea, I said instead of idea, I said idea. I get fucking called out. And guess what? I would deserve to get called out because idea is not a word. Ideax is not a word. Ideaed is not a word. Ideaf is not a word. Ideak is not a word. You get the point. I don't need to do every letter. But you know what else is also not a word? Is fucking idea. I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get that one. And I need us all to agree that when we hear someone say idea instead of idea, and I know it's regional. I don't know what accent that goes in though, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like a parent, what accent that fits into idea. Like, I think maybe it's sort of like a Midwest thing or upper Midwest, or maybe even Northeast, some parts of it. I don't know, but stop. Thanks.
Um, I'm gonna take that break now. And uh, then when I come back, I'm... I'm gonna talk about some more cool shit. Okay, don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. And back. Um, <clears throat> so I, as I usually do, I checked. I I I've been. I keep an ear to the ground. Let's say on what the insane. Uh, I mean, especially um, last week's guest, with that in mind, it's been swirling in my mind before and since I spoke with Jules. Jules Evans was the guest. And if you haven't heard that episode, I strongly suggest you you do listen to it because he's brilliant and he's doing very fucking interesting and sort of, sort of like kind of not obvious, complicated work. And he's making it sort of simple and straightforward. And I think it's a very important thing he's doing right now. So uh, even if you don't listen to that, look up his work. His name's Jules Evans. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, swirling around in my mind, as is often the case, is sort of this sort of conspirituality thing. Um, and we define that and get into that in the last episode. So I'm not going to do that again now. But there's a lot of overlap there with QAnon. And shit that I obviously am sort of occupied with. This stuff occupies my mind. And I've just been... I fall into various holes about it and 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 read and watch shit and listen to shit. And the other day, I saw... Uh, actually, it was a thing on CNN. And it was Anderson Cooper interviewing a guy who was formerly... Formerly a part of QAnon or believed in all that shit. And I was struck with why are there not more of you? You know what I mean? Why now are, are millions of you not doing what you're doing? What you guy who used to believe in this shit now doesn't. Why aren't more people doing what you're doing? Uh, and I'm going to play the audio of it. It's just two minutes. But I think it's worth listening to the whole thing. Because because of the fact that Anderson is doing the interview, uh, as you may or may not know, Anderson Cooper is sort of in the same way that someone like Tom Hanks is. Uh, they're sort of lumped in with a lot of the conspiracy theory. And they're purportedly part of the baby-eating cabal of evil, left-leaning, leftist, whatever, uh, communists who who control the world, whatever the fuck, and on and on and on. Um, and so people think, people who believe this shit, obviously, it's part and parcel of it, they also think Anderson Cooper eats babies. So I'm just going to play this uh, conversation, piece of the conversation between Anderson Cooper and this guy, uh, so here it is. Republican politics and whose followers participate in the attack on the Capitol is the subject of a new CNN special report that we've been working on. It's called Inside the QAnon Conspiracy. It airs tomorrow night, trace of the movement's beginnings through the present moment. 
it's also something of a personal project. The QAnon Fringe has previously focused on me and a bunch of other reporters, as well as many other public figures, as somehow being responsible for some of their more outlandish, should we say, and bizarre conspiracies. I was also called a pedophile. Phony flight logs purported to be from convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's airplane appeared online with my name and dozens of other well-known people. It's all made up, of course, but QAnon supporters seem to believe it, or at least use it to try to harass me. Jatarth Jadejo was a believer until June 2019. Did you at the time believe that Democrat, high-level Democrats and celebrities were worshipping Satan, drinking the blood of children? Anderson, I thought you did that. And I would like <laughs> to apologize for that right now. So I apologize for thinking that you ate babies. Um, but yeah. Hundred percent. You actually, but you, but you actually, you actually believe that I was drinking the blood of children. Yes, okay. I did. Was it something about me that made you think that? It's because Q specifically mentioned you, and he mentioned you very early on. Um, he mentioned you by name, and from there, if he also talked about, like, for example, like your family. But yeah, and I, I've, I'm gonna be honest. Like people still talk about that to this day. I, I, there, there were posts about that just four days ago. So, some people thought you were a robot. You really believed Kay. this? I didn't just believe that. I at one stage believed that uh, Q Anon was part of military intelligence, which is what he says. But on top of that, that the the people behind them were actually a group of fifth dimensional intradimensional extraterrestrial bipedal bird aliens called blue avians okay i was so far down in this conspiracy black hole that i was essentially picking and choosing whatever narrative that i wanted to believe in fucking fucking wow okay so i i i hear that and i'm like Wow, there's a thing I actually haven't even heard of. Uh, there's a thing I haven't even heard of uh, about all of this. And I pay attention. I'm not like a Travis View, Mike Rothschild level paying attention to it, tapped in. But I'm fucking tapped in. As you all know, listen to the show. I give a shit about this. This is fascinating to me. This feels like a thing in 20 years. People will be like, people thought, oh, what? And you'll have to be like, yeah, I swear to you. People thought this guy, and then you show him a picture of Donald Trump, because he'll be dead by then. And people thought this guy was saving the world from a cabal of satanic baby-eating pedophiles. And everyone, rightfully, will be like, uh, what? Because these kinds of things only arise, you know... I. When something like this titanically confusing and nonsensical pops up and becomes popular and catches fire in one way or another, becomes sort of like a mind virus contagion, psycho psychological uh, contagion, they can't really be, they, they can be explained if they're broken down, but they can't be easily understood out of their own time. And so there's a, there's a part of me that is compelled to understand as much about it as I can in this moment, because like a dream, at some point, this will all seem 
but it won't make sense in our minds, in our logical minds. And certainly to somebody who didn't live through it, they'll have no fucking idea where, how to access or engage with it. So just like sometimes in a dream, you're like, God, I want to remember this. That's kind of what I feel like I'm experiencing now. Anyway, actually, that makes me think of, I'm reading a book right now called The Dancing Plague. And it's about this, specifically, this idea of you can't understand things that are, that are, or rather, to understand something so extreme and so confusing and so nonsensical. In history, you have to fully immerse yourself in what people of that time and in that place were thinking, what was swirling around, what was sort of like in the cultural melee of the moment. Because we don't realize it, but as time passes, these things shift. Norms become norms without anybody calling them norms. They just do. It's fluid. But as time passes in the, and, and, and there's enough distance in the rear view, those norms have changed and no one's really noticed. And you have to look back and think, how the fuck could that thing happen? But yeah, the dancing plague, uh, the Strasbourg dancing plague of 1518. People used to... This wasn't an, an isolated occurrence. Obviously, it was rare. But in medieval Europe, especially sort of like leading up to uh, the time of the Refora Reformation, people particularly very religious people, which obviously everyone was, uh, would burst into what could only be called uncontrollable spastic dance. And they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't seem to be able to stop. They would appear to be in a deep trance. And a trance wasn't really a thing then. So it obviously seemed like they were uh, uh, possessed or being punished by God or whatever, something supernatural. Because it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense. Why would someone dance in the streets for days on end while their fucking skin on their feet was ripped off down to the bone and they're dehydrated, manic, and do it until they collapse and then when they wake up, they'd start again. That is nonsense. That is not a thing. If that happened now, we would all shit ourselves and demand that we be shown video of it. Because it's not something that makes sense. The book goes back, talks about sort of like the 30, 40 years leading up to it, especially in France and Germany. And obviously it's still like, oh, what the fucking fuck? No. But it sheds enough light on it that you're like, okay. Well, now at least I'm not completely disconnected from any possible understanding. There's like been a rope thrown to you and you at least have the rope in your hand. Uh, I think it'll be like that to us who lived through this now, uh, to people who we try to explain it to who didn't live through it in 20, 30 years. That being said, black to bl blue avians, which this guy and apparently some QAnon believers believe control everything that's ever happened on earth. And so I googled blue avians and obviously some shit about blue birds came up, but I found sort of uh 
something that gets into ex- uh, what they are, whatever that fucking means. And 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 see, this is the thing, though. This is exactly what Jules was talking about. The shit that I'm about to read you is on Gaia.com. G-A-I-A. It's that like super new age, super hippie fucking uh, woo-woo shit you'll see if you watch like any certain kind of videos on YouTube. Like you'll get endless ads for Gaia. And I don't even still know what it is, right? But I know it's heavily associated, a big sort of arm of, of new ageness. And when I Googled Blue Avians, which this guy thought were evil aliens controlling and dominating the world and using this satanic cabal on earth as their earthly instruments, let's say, in the physical realm to do their bidding. But when I Googled it, all the shit I found, it was all positive shit. Blue avians here. Carrying a message of peace and hope for humanity, the blue avian extraterrestrial species exists beyond the confines of space and time. It is believed that these creatures have visited Earth for millennia, aiding in the spiritual development of humankind and helping to shift the consciousness of our species for the good of all. Their message urges humans to help themselves, stating that ascension can only be reached by humanity solving its own problems. Fucking what? This shit is so fucking annoying. Anyway, that's some just classic new age shit. It gets into, look, mythology, then it lists all the, all the deities associated with it. Ra. Blue avian-like creatures have appeared throughout human mythology. For instance, Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun, was pictured as a bird-headed being, as was his accomplice Thoth. I mean, Thoth, you know? Not a name. T-H-O-T-H. Ra was believed to represent the noonday sun. He was considered the creator of the seasons, months, plants, and animals. He was most often depicted as a humanoid with the head of a blue eagle, wearing a crown with a solar disc, a serpent coiled around its circumference. Hey, I know, but that is a discarded piece of knowledge. Also, that was a deity, not a fucking blue alien. This shit just gets picked up and repurposed all the time. And somehow, over all of this time, it's been repurposed into now they're an alien race and they're the ones using the satanic cabal on Earth as their earthly instruments. How about stop believing shit that isn't fucking at all even kind of a little bit real sounding? You can believe shit that's like adjacent to real sounding if you want. You can believe shit about stuff that isn't studied or proven yet or that there aren't conclusions about yet and speculate and philosophize about it. But you can't take a thing that was discarded by dumber people than us before us as what you might call debunked knowledge. So again, this is some weird convergence of like classic 
weirdly just like abundantly positive new age shit with this fucking apocalyptic Christian good and evil framework. It's just like the worst things coming together to create the single worst thing ever. Anyway, that was a fun new thing to learn about. I also, there's a woman, this is kind of like, I don't know that what I would call this if I would say, no, fuck it. I would say this is a good thing. This is a good thing that I came across. So there's this woman who, as of very recently, was uh, hired or plucked out of, I wouldn't say oblivion. She had, her name is um, Deanna Lorraine. She She's the woman I've talked about before. Who She's heavy into the QAnon shit. Uh, super, uh, it's like she ran, she tried to run against Pelosi and she got like 0.0001% of the votes. But that her her sort of adversarial stance toward Pelosi got her a little bit of an audience, and she sort of had this YouTube channel that people would watch a lot. She started to be a she wrote a book. She was a guest on a lot of like far right outlet interview shits. Uh, and then she ascended to use the terminology of the Blue Avians. She ascended to Infowars, sort of like the apex piece, the, 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 the top of the pyramid of wingnut conspiracists. But then, and I don't want to, I don't know the details, so I don't want to get into them. Something happened where she was literally fired after a week. And it was, she was fired in a weird way. Like they just stopped scheduling her. And then when she would try to contact them, they just wouldn't get back to her or something like that. I don't know. It's weird shit. I'm not quite sure. But I also don't know if I can believe her anyway. So who knows? Who knows what happened? But she's not an InfoWars anymore. This, by the way, was very recent. This is like two, three months ago, that InfoWars thing. But I saw a, th- uh, a thing of a, a little piece, a little clip of her talking it well i'll just play it for you but this is okay so my point in building her up like that is this is a tried and true fucking maniac this is deep q shit deep deep q shit this is like one of the heads of the snake highly visible in this world somehow authoritative for these people who believe this shit and this is her and and i gotta be honest it made me feel and i want to say positive but it is a positive thing. Here we go. I, for one, am sick of just looking at clues and taking guesses and kind of following down a rabbit hole where it leads to nothing. And there's just a lot of broken promises that are not delivered. There is a lot of, of hopium that never gets fulfilled. We shouldn't be blindly following anything or anyone um, especially when there's no evidence for that plan ever materializing. Right. Um, and that's, 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 you know, we could point and every time that this plan was supposed to happen or Trump was supposedly playing 5d chest and, and supposedly setting traps or about to do this. No, at no point in the last four years has that trap ever been closed 
Has the chess move ever been checkmated by Trump? No, none of these hopes and, and ideas have ever been fulfilled. Not one. Okay, so I guess this is a two-parter. And I'm only going to do this once. Anytime from here, henceforth, anytime I play or read an account uh, of someone abandoning belief in QAnon, I'm, I'm not going to do this from here on out. But I just got to do it once because I don't like the idea. Because again, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm always like, hey, come back into the waters of reality. I promise it's warm and it's tolerable. It'll be okay. If you just can face that you've been duped, face it for your fucking self, if nothing else. And I mean that. Somebody gets out of a cult, you don't fucking shit on them for thinking for thinking so stupid, for being so stupid. That's not the approach you take. You welcome them, you say, whatever the fuck, but it's not, you don't shit on them. So I'm just going to say this once. Deanna, no fucking shit. Okay? And that's it. Now I'm done. I'm done with that attitude. But I did find this inspiring. I feel like a lot of people watch that and they sort of, maybe people like me, like-minded, who share my opinion about this movement and people like this, I feel like maybe there are people who are like, Fuck you. That's what you get. I don't really have that. Not beyond no fucking shit, Deanna. It's just a one time. Um, if you're ready to rejoin the ranks of re- the rational or just reality, then that's good. I don't care why you've done it. And I don't care where you were before. Um, but yeah, it actually, it, 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 it only is a good thing. It's only a good thing. And actually the guy who I was playing for you before the guy, uh, uh, that Anderson was talking to, there's another longer, as he, as Anderson was saying before the clip started, he, there's like a longer special that delves deeper into this guy. And he says something. He's very level-headed, as you guys heard. And he says something about what it is like to come out of it and also what it is, what it would take to get other people out of it. Because I can speak firsthand, speaking rationally about facts, uh, staying calm, telling them that you're there for them. This, this shit... It is recommended, I think, largely when you look into it and seek like how to handle people like this. It's professionally recommended to do those things. They don't work. Like a drug addict, same shit. They'll, they'll stop when they want to stop. When their minds will let them stop, if they stop at all. But this guy, obviously having been through it and now looking back very clearly, I would say, he his point of view i think is very worth listening to and here's uh just a little piece of that yeah 
that he's that I'm cutting into the uh, middle of this. He's basically talking about the the and he doesn't name it specifically, which is annoying. But there was something that set him over that sort of was like the one thing that was like I don't think that's possible. So there was a whole web of crazy shit like blue avians making Hillary Clinton eat babies on their behalf or whatever. But there was some something broke broke it all for him and then once that break happened he could see through the rest of it for what it was i don't know but that's what he says and here's him talking about that um and then the rest of his answer i think is worth listening to right so then i i just like i went outside like i had a cigarette and i was just like i don't know what i don't know what to do like i i've never felt so down like it was the worst feeling i've ever had in my life it's like i'm like i cannot trust my thoughts and emotions anymore i don't know what to do i was full of self-loathing you know you obviously went down the q rabbit hole and got back out for people who are very deeply entrenched and believe in it now is there any way to to sort of bring them back yeah there is but it has to start with empathy and understanding which is non-judgmental and allowing them to keep their dignity because otherwise what's their incentive and on top of that you have to admit you were wrong so wrong for so many years and that you were made a fool of there has to be some sort of incentive and some pathway back Jadeja says he feels deep guilt over sharing QAnon theories with his dad Jadeja's father did not respond to CNN's multiple attempts to contact him and that is why that this is a big problem not just because people are being taken in and their families are like being ripped apart this is this is an existential battle between good and evil that these people think they're fighting i mean that's kind of exactly a version of what i try to say and is is it, uh, as he says it, I'm like, a fucking, yeah, that's right. It's kind of, the, it really is the same as a cult or a drug uh, in that the deeper and deeper you go, the less likely you are yourself to pull yourself out because it, it becomes... This is at least something I've noticed um, with my friend who I've talked about at length, um, who I don't talk to anymore, unfortunately. Um, the the thing I think is happening uh, is I think that there become there turn, turns into this weird feedback loop that is not unique to conspiracy theorists, but unique to willful people. I think and people who will go to great lengths to not be humiliated who who for them in their minds there is uh the 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 worst thing is to be wrong because then that leads to humiliation uh and some sort of acknowledgement that you even can be wrong or that wrong at least and so i think what happens is when as these things develop in your mind as you start to slip into that stream of believing this shit there's a weird feedback loop where the more you say it out in the world, the more resistance you get, except from that very small or not so small, in this case, community that agrees with you. 
So you get resistance out in the world. And that resistance makes you want to be right more. Or rather, it makes you not want to give the satisfaction to the people who are maybe calling you out. Or at least giving you the resistance that you'd rather not have. When you try to bring it to other people's attention. Which drives you deeper into believing it. Because now you have incentive, you have skin in the game. For it being right. It's not just a construct in your mind. It's now bled out into the world. People know you think it. And you have, whether you've specifically staked things on it, in a way, your sort of reputation or your standing with other people is now, at, it's, it's, it's part of the thing. And you don't want to be wrong. And the more it becomes clear that you are wrong, the more the incentive Grow, the incentive gets bigger and bigger to find still a version that could be right. Or at least is disprovable. It's like at the very end, the very end of any argument with any religious person, the very end of that argument is, well, I just have faith and you don't. That is clearly obviously a bad argument. Um, but it is the, it is, and everyone knows that is the argument that is at the very end of all arguments. Uh, and there's this, there's that sort of underscores what I'm saying in that they have faith, meaning they have too much incentive to believe it's true than to acknowledge that it's not. And so to incentive there are many people who have been affected by this, myself included, but I've been included by I've been affected by it much less than many, many people out there. Many families have been ruined because of this shit. I just have a few friends who are now kind of lost to me, which is terrible, but it's it's it pales in comparison to the ruination of families, which I've read plenty about. It happens. It's fucked up. It's just like a fucking cult. The same mechanisms all the way down. So by the end, you have no choice but to be fucking agreeing with like, you know, the Q shaman and Lynn Wood. Because your lane to being potentially right has gotten so much smaller and so therefore the claims to truth need to be that much more unprovable in that you can't debunk them. Just like you can't debunk God's existence. And that is an eventual, inevitable argument. Again, towards the end of the line, it's like, well, no, I can't prove God does exist, but can you, or I can't prove God does exist. I have faith, but can you prove he doesn't exist? And it's like, no. But also, can I prove fucking, you know, 
that Bill Clinton didn't kill John Benet Ramsey? No, but he didn't. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the anything's possible argument, I fucking hate it. I hate that argument. Because, okay, in like a hard math sense, but so you're saying there's a chance anything's possible, that those are misleading things to say. Because while, yes, technically anything's possible, also no. Much more than anything's possible, exponentially more than anything's possible, no. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any people like this in your life, I'm sorry. I recently learned of another friend of mine who has slipped into this way of thinking and it's fucked up and it's a real thing. I watched, actually, uh, there's a new Vice documentary out about Q. I think it's called What is Q? Or Who is Q? Well, it's either who, Who is Q or What is Q? And it's like a 40 minute, I think it's a two part thing. Only the first part's out. It's like 40 something minutes. It's really good. But that estimates the amount of people who believe this at 30 million people. 30 million people is a lot of fucking people. (sighs) And at least today it's 30 million minus two because Deanna and I forget the fucking guy's name, but him too, they're out. Who else is out? Come on back into reality. The water's warm. Uh, There's a lot more shit I wanted to get into, but it's over an hour now, and I want to start doing multiple episodes a week again, so I might as well leave what else I got for later this week. So I'll talk to you then. Uh, This has been fun. As always, I love you all. It is definitely 8,000 degrees in here, if you're wondering. I know you guys wanted an update on that. Um, But yeah, take care of yourselves. Stay fucking safe. Use common sense and critical thinking. And everything will be okay. Alright, I'll talk to you guys soon. Good.